The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. With so much information to weed through of what is and is not healthy living, People everywhere are confused about proper steps to take toward finding a wellness plan that works for them. Don't climb this mountain alone. We want to give you time-tested education and research based on our own experiences and give you guidance to define what is healthy for you. Let's put the puzzle pieces together. Today, your journey begins. Take notes. Ask questions. This is Ganino Wellness Radio with Dr. John and Linda Ganino bringing you simplified education to apply to your everyday life. Now, here is Dr. John and Linda Ganino. Welcome, everybody, to uh, Ganino Wellness Radio. We're so excited today. Uh, We have tremendous guests on our show, uh, Rebecca Hardy, um, Polly Tommy, and Dr. Andrew Wakefield. We'll be um, talking to them shortly. I'm going to um, let Linda do their uh, bios, and then I have a, well, I'm going to start the questioning with uh, Dr. Wakefield. So anyway, here's Linda. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. Uh, I'd like to introduce Rebecca Hardy. Rebecca is a speech pathologist with the Master's in Speech Language Pathology from the University of Texas at Dallas. She has encountered many children with profound vaccine injuries. Through these experiences sparked a passion for protecting others from these kinds of negative health outcomes, which she has turned into activism. She is one of the founders of Texans for Vaccine Choice and currently serves as its director of state policy. She is dedicated to protecting medical liberties and informed consent for all Texans. Polly Tommy is the mother of Billy, a 20-year-old boy with autism, a book author, founding editor-in-chief of the world's preeminent autism magazine, The Autism File, and Autism Media Channel's TV host and award-winning documentary film producer who killed Alex Sportalakis. An outspoken autism advocate and founder of the not-for-profit Autism Trust in the UK and US, Polly has appeared in print and television media around the globe, gone head-to-head with top political leaders and never compromised. She has received multiple nominations and awards from, among others, the Women of the Year Foundation, Red Magazine, and the British Society of Magazine Editors. She is also a producer on Vaxxed, From Cover-Up to Catastrophe. Dr. Andrew Wakefield, MBBS, is an academic gastroenterologist. He received his medical degree from St. Mary's Hospital Medical School, London, in 1981. He qualified as fellow of the Royal College of Surgeons in 1985 and trained as a gastrointestinal surgeon with a particular interest in 
inflammatory bowel disease. He was awarded a Wellcome Trust Traveling Fellowship to study small intestinal transplantation in Toronto. He was made a fellow of the Royal College of Pathologists in the UK in 2001. Wakefield has published over 140 original scientific papers, reviews, and book chapters. In 1995, as an academic physician working in a London teaching hospital, he was contacted by the parent of an autistic child with stomach issues. He soon learned from several other parents with autistic behaviors that their children's regressive behavior immediately followed an MMR vaccine. He started investigating a possible role between gastrointestinal issues, the MMR vaccine, and neurological injury in children. In pursuit of this pursuit of this possible link, Dr. Wakefield participated in a study of 12 children with both stomach and developmental issues. The ensuing report written with 12 other authors would catapult Wakefield into becoming one of the most controversial figures in the history of medicine. So welcome everybody and uh, so glad to have you here and uh, Dr. Wakefield, I just want to say this, you know, Linda and I our first uh, contact with you was was at CalJAM uh, out in California this past March, and and, and uh, when you when you walked into the room, of course, you know the audience was large, and when you walked into the room uh, and and started speaking, I told Linda, I said, this man is the most passionate person I've ever been in the same room with, and I, I just I just want you to know that I want you to know that I'm a that I'm a big fan, and uh, we really enjoyed your lecture that day. And I, I wanna, I wanna repeat something that you said that day. And this is where I'd like to begin. You said, if the autism rates continue and the same sort of trajectory that they're on presently in the year 2032, 50% of all children will have autism. You, you will either be personally affected by autism or you will be taking care of somebody with autism spectrum disorder. 50% of all children will be autistic and 80% of boys will be autistic. Do you, do you remember saying that at, at CalGM? I've said it many times since and uh, nothing has changed my mind. Um, the CDC's own numbers predict that outcome and we are on a, a crash course right now. Um, and if we don't act to avoid that, then yes, by 2032, and it's estimated that perhaps even sooner, we will see 50% of children affected by this wow. severe disorder. Un- unbelievable. So uh, a question that I'm, I'm trying to, uh, to educate my own patients is, um, can you explain what, what epigenetics is? Epigenetics is everything that really goes on that is not primarily genetic. Um, what I take to it to understand is how environmental factors in particular can influence the behavior of genes, either switching them on or switching them off, causing protein production, causing activation or deactivation. So it's the way in which the environment influences the behavior of genes that actually is probably a major determinant of disease rather than the underlying genetics themselves. And I think that, you know, with this this came into being when uh, when one of the experts on the Human Genome Project was asked what he'd learned about 
uh, about disease uh, from the Human Genome Project, and he said that the environment is more important, and I think that's the thing that comes out of it. What we, we realize now is that epigenetics and the way the influences upon the way in which genes behave are probably far more important in terms of disease development, disease expression, disease severity, and disease response to treatment than are the underlying genes themselves. Do you, do you believe that if, uh, let's say, a mother had a certain number of vaccines, and of course we know that there are aluminum and mercury in vaccines, do you think that, that, that those toxins can be passed down to the children, and then of course those children are given many more vaccines uh, in more recent years than in, in generations past, and then they can subsequently pass down those toxins to their children? Yes, I think this can happen in a number of ways. For example, um, mercury is taken up into cells and it is rapidly shed in cells that line the intestine, for example. But for the cells that give rise to sperm, those are permanent cells. And so they accumulate toxins over time. And mercury can damage the DNA within those sperm producing cells and have a direct impact. Uh, it can also have a direct impact by being injected into the mother who is pregnant and it is taken up preferentially into the fetus who cannot then excrete it. So it accumulates in the fetus. It's an extremely dangerous time to expose anyone to, um, to these toxins. So, uh, and then in that way, yes, you can have this passage of, of toxins from mother to baby um, that then has an impact upon the health of that child right from the very beginning. That okay, very mean, good. That, that people have uh, inherited the disease and to the extent that they've had a genetic problem. It means that they've inherited it as a consequence of a toxic exposure to the mother while in the womb. Very good. Um, can, you, can you comment on the role of... Uh, BT toxin, uh, glyphosate, and uh, electromagnetic frequency radiation on the incidence of autism and the roles that, that you think those things might play? Well, I can certainly talk about the former based upon my discussions with Stephanie Seneff at MIT, and that is that glyphosate, which is the herbicide used in Roundup um, on crops, has a profound effect on specific enzyme systems that are not present in humans. However, when they passed this with respect to safety, they did not tell the FDA that it does have a profound effect upon the bacteria that live in your gut and are essential for your immune health, your digestive health, and your developmental and neurological functioning. And they are susceptible and are damaged by glycosate and as a consequence it produces gastrointestinal injury and I think I think if you have a an underlying propensity to gastrointestinal injury from something like MMR vaccine or mercury and then it's compounded by exposure to glycosate which can also damage the gut then you are going to make the likelihood of injury far far greater so do I think that glycosate is playing into this equation yes I do do I have any evidence for it no I don't and the the work certainly should have been done by the the um, manufacturers to establish toxicity before it was ever used on crops. Clearly, that was not done. Yeah, very good. So, 
Uh, Polly, I want to bring you in at this point. How did you how did you meet Dr. Wakefield and, and tell us uh, tell the audience about you know how the uh, spark for the movie got started and, and that whole thing? Um, I don't know how many years ago I met I met him, but um, it was a long, long time ago, and I was uh, editor of the Autism File magazine, and um, the first time I met him was when I interviewed him many, many years ago. I mean, do you know what? Be as rude as you like. I know. I just don't know. So that's when that's when we met and formed a good relationship there. And you know, he became scientific editor of the magazine, and I was with him with lots of British parents at the GMC while he went through that. And um, it just sort of evolved from there, really. And uh, both sharing the same passion, really, for to stop this happening to to any more children. So, um, and the and as as for the documentary, I think Andy, you'd be better at talking about that because. It was it was Andy's brainchild. The whole thing with Brian Hooker. So, um, you talk about that. Well, the first documentary we we made um, was Who Killed Alex Bordelakis, and um, for that, Polly must take the credit. We started off making a series of stories about children who. It was a reality show, really, about how you could take children who were damaged and families that were broken as a consequence and make them better by the appropriate medical treatment. And this story turned into a tragedy when conventional psychiatry and and medicine interfered and prescribed the most horrendous regimen of psychotropic drugs to this poor boy, leading to his mother taking his life and trying to take her own. There's there's an actually, in terms of the power of film, Polly will tell you the outcome of that story right now, happening right now. Yeah, so um, Dorothy Borlakas has been released from um, prison and well you got the call from the lawyer Andy got the call from Dorothy's lawyer and he said to Andy that the documentary Who Killed Alex Bordelakis was a major player in helping her get released because if you see it if you, I don't know if you, anybody's seen it and it's very hard to understand why she did what she did but when you watch the documentary and this is real footage leading up to his death and you will see how much that mother loved her child. It's everywhere. It's oozing out. She didn't leave his side. And he was becoming more and more sick because he was given more and more psychotropic medicine. So it's very important, if you can get hold of a copy, to see that film and understand. And I have to tell you, from being on the road for so long, there are many other parents, well-educated parents, that tell me if things do not change they are considering taking their children's lives as well. That because the future for their very sick children is so bad. This is why we have to do something immediately. And and Polly's absolutely right. Two members of the Department of Justice that had seen the film prosecuting this woman and they were going to put her away for life um, with no chance of of, um, release. And they watched the film and they said, we could never prosecute this film. This lady in the same way having seen this film and uh, uh, it was negotiated that she had served time and she was released Um, so that really is the power of telling the real story behind what happens and facts was another one where we were presented with an opportunity to make a film about the first ever whistleblower senior scientist from the CDC coming forward and confessing to fraud in vaccine safety science at the CDC. It was an obvious documentary target, and it's turned out to be a tremendously powerful um, sort of opportunity for change and for justice. So 
we're very pleased to have been part of it. Can I, can I just add to that, that what we're seeing, so the treatment of Alex Bordelakis was nothing short of barbaric by the medical profession. What we're seeing out on the roads of America is equally barbaric treatment from medical professions. Uh, parents are at breaking, if not broken point, trying to get basic medical care for their vaccine injured child and this is so alex's story is just a tiny story of many that we're seeing across america and indeed the world it's just, we have a serious situation on our hands okay very good uh that's a good point for us to take a break when we come back i want to talk more about the movie vax we also have a question or two for rebecca having to do with uh um her work in the state of texas uh, specifically and then um and then we're going to uh, have a special surprise for you at the end of the show, which you definitely want to stick around for. So uh, please stay with us and we'll catch you on the other side of the break. Listening to Canino Wellness Radio. To reach our show today, call into 1 866 472 5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. 
You may also send an email to ganinoradio at gmail.com. Now, back to Ganino Wellness Radio. Thank you very much, everybody, for rejoining us on uh, our second segment of our show. And again, remember our guests today are Rebecca Hardy, Polly Tommy, and Dr. Andrew Wakefield. And so uh, when we went to break, we were talking about the movie Vaxxed. And and during break, um, I was sharing uh, with our guests today how much we enjoyed the movie Vaxxed. So if you can just tell us a little bit more, guys, about where you've been, who you've talked to as a result of the movie, what kind of feedback you're getting, and if uh, and if you can see any kind of visible impact from it so far. Because I've been on the bus with my fantastic crew, um, all but one who have vaccine injured children, um, and we've been we've been pretty much everywhere and we're going back out again to to go pretty much everywhere again and andy's been meeting people will you talk about what you've been doing yeah i um have been touring with the film in terms of going to various screenings meeting with various politicians talking to a lot of chiropractic groups who've been very very supportive of the film in fact i've just got back from an extraordinary trip to hawaii to maui and wahoo where we, I presented to the uh, International Chiropractic Association and then on Wahoo to a gather screening, a packed gather screening with politicians, ex-politicians, physicians, healthcare workers. Uh, tremendous reception there. A, a group of people who are determined that they should not go down the same path as California and get into the same mess as they have with SB 277. So uh, we made a lot of friends there. We'll be going back for sure. Um, it really has been an extraordinary journey. It started, of course, with the film being withdrawn from Tribeca under pressure from commercial sponsors. Uh, a sad day, a sadder day for Tribeca Film Festival, indeed, and it was for us with Robert De Niro then going on to the Today Show three days later and saying everybody needs to see this film. It exploded across America. It's gone around the world. I was recently in Italy. Uh, with the film for two weeks, staying one step step ahead of censorship every step of the way. It's now in 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 uh, in um, gosh in Australia. They're doing the same thing. Uh, they're trying to censor it everywhere, but people are very very resourceful and managing to get the film shown. So uh, heading to the new. But yeah, as far as the bus goes, it's it's travelled around and the main thing to, I mean, I don't think anything could have prepared any of us, not even Andy and I have been in this game for so long, for the amount of devastation of the vaccine injury causing right across the board with the whole family, um, the poverty, the divorce rate, the total breakdown of families um, through just one needle or a group of needles in one time. So um, it, we, we really, really do. We are we are gaining ground here because the parents, the stories from the parents are doing the most. Uh, people are waking up when they see um, the Gardasil girl with a feeding tube or the, the boy from Gardasil with a respirator or the paralysis or the, the life-threatening allergies. It's it's. It's pretty horrific. And of course, the worst of all, the deaths, the non-stop deaths to the point where almost every city that we go to are two, three deaths from vaccination. So um, we will keep continuing until people really realize the actual scope of um, vaccine injury. Mm -hmm. At at the risk, Polly, of really getting the uh, hair on the back of your neck to stand up, understand that 
you know, as, as the host, there's a possibility that somebody might be listening in who's maybe skeptical. So could you, can you group any kind of data or summarize any kind of data with respect to vaccine injury? I'm sure Andy can, but I have to tell you, we, I, I'm to your skeptic. Sit on the bus with me and hear these stories. The science to me is pretty corrupt. And so I am not, I'm sorry, I'm not going to go there on it. You have to listen to the parents. There are thousands, hundreds of thousands with the same story. Our babies, our children were developing perfectly normal. They have a vaccine and they crash, they die. And uh, that for me is enough. So if Andy wants to give you a truckload of stats, then that hopefully that'll satisfy your skeptic. But for me, you listen to the parents. I think yeah. in terms of science, you know, just I was just talking on Periscope just in the last few days, we have, for example, the first Vax-Unvax study, true Vax-Unvax study on the flu vaccine from Hong Kong, where the, the placebo was a correct placebo. It was saline. And in that study, we find that the flu vaccine does no good whatsoever. The rate of flu was exactly the same in those who did not receive the vaccine as those who did. It is useless. More than that, there was 5.5 times the rate of respiratory infections in those who had been vaccinated. And so, in some non-specific way, the vaccine is impairing immunity at face value and causing an increased risk of infection. So, this kind of thing, the skeptic should turn to and say, right, here is the science that persuades me. Polly and I have been living this for 20 years apiece. We don't need to be persuaded because we've lived it. But sure. for those who are skeptical, go on to Age of Autism and read J.B. Hanley's article on the worldwide experience with HPV vaccine, Gardasil. And you will see that the Japanese have withdrawn their government-sponsored program that the pharmaceutical companies are being sued in Spain, Colombia, and elsewhere, that there is scientific corruption around the world, and it is not getting back to the consumer in America. We are still being fed the same old line about this vaccine, and yet around the world they are coming to appreciate that it is a disaster. So send your skeptic to read that article and digest the science. Or even better, to sit on the bus with me for a few days, not even months. Well, I, that's that's great. That yeah, I, I appreciate what you guys are saying. I want to uh, touch briefly on the the topic of outbreaks. You know, we hear every now and again. You know, let's say the measles outbreak in Anaheim, or there's you know this or that in Arkansas. Linda and I believe that these outbreaks are actually occurring from people that were recently vaccinated. Do you guys have a comment on on outbreaks? Well, certainly, if you take uh, the Arkansas mumps outbreak, the, the, I was just looking at Fox News, local Fox News in that part of the world, saying that it was all due to the fact that people were not vaccinated. In fact, everybody who contracted mumps had received at least one dose of the vaccine and many two or three doses. So that doesn't make any sense. The truth is the vaccine doesn't work. And Merck have known this for a long time. And Merck are actually in federal court in Pennsylvania being sued under the Whistleblower Act for having faked the efficacy, the protectiveness of their mumps vaccine. In other words, misleading the public, misleading the regulators about the effectiveness of the vaccine, people being falsely reassured that the vaccine is working when it's not, and the health authorities there saying, oh, what we need now is a third booster. So more and more vaccines for a vaccine that doesn't work. So 
massive profitability precisely because the vaccine is useless. Not only useless, dangerous, because those who are getting mumps as teenagers are at far greater risk of a serious adverse event, such as orchitis, testicular inflammation in boys, whereas mumps in infants, children is trivial. So the drug companies appear to have turned a trivial disease into a much more serious disease and made a huge profit out of it. So the idea that this is due to those who are unvaccinated, I'm afraid, is absurd and absolute nonsense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think I want to go to Rebecca here just briefly and, and have her tell us uh, what kind of work she's doing uh, with the state of Texas. And uh, Rebecca, can you give us an update on where things are in Texas? Yes. Okay. So I am the director of state policy at Texans for Vaccine Choice. Uh, we uh, launched our movement just last legislative session. So that was February of 2015. The legislative session had already started, um, and we uh, we we there was a group of moms on a Facebook private message thread that got. Um, wind of a representative out of Dallas, uh, Representative Jason Vialba, went on the news and said, I'm filing legislation to do away with the religious and philosophical exemption for public school attendance in Texas. And um, anyway, it started out of of a small group of moms, and now our uh, current following is nearly 10,000. And we have we have thousands of members, thousands upon thousands of members from across the state and we are certainly gearing up for the next legislative session that starts in uh, just a few weeks on January 10th. Um, and just in light of all these um, concerns that you've been talking uh, with Dr. Wakefield and Polly about, about the, um, I mean, just there's there are known risks to these vaccines. And Texans for Vaccine Choice exist in order to preserve informed consent and these medical liberties. When you know, all medical procedures come with risks, and we are here to make sure that there are choices when it comes to which vaccines, you know, wh- what you choose for your family. Yeah, I, I remember, Rebecca, when we were at dinner, whenever that was with Dr. Katsanis and, and Beverly, and, you know, in, at that point, you informed us that, you know, that you are the entity that these parents can go to when they need coaching on you know, how do I exempt my child from a vaccine? And, and I didn't even really know that you existed. And, uh, you know, and here I am an integrative doctor who should be on his game. So uh, we think we're a little bit more up to par now. But but can you tell us more about what is the history of Texans for Vaccine Choice and how, how people can uh, access you and what services you can provide for them? Yes. Okay. Well, I would love for everybody to go to our website, which is www texansforvaccinechoice.com just spelled out um, just as it sounds Um, there you will find our membership form we would love for um, everybody regardless of if you're a Texan or not to sign up for um, our membership Um, you will also find our our blog where we have original content um, discussing a wide range of vaccine related issues Um, and we um so, yes, we, we launched in February of 2015. We thought we were going to be going down to Austin just to, vi- just to fight that Jason Vialba bill that would do away with exemptions. And what it turned out to happen was that we ended up 
we ended up with more than 17 vaccine-related bills coming at us. And we were just a group of moms. I mean, none of us had ever engaged politically before. Uh, we are certainly we were um, having to dust off our high school civics lessons, which we quickly learned uh, were grossly ill prepared us to actually engage politically in Austin. But we 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 learned the process quickly. We defeated all of the bills, and then we went on to go to um, to get actively involved in many of the primary elections in the state of Texas in order to help to help preserve the office of people who voted with us who are our biggest supporters and to really campaign against those that were against us. I personally knocked on a couple of thousand doors for the individual who challenged Jason Vialba in his primary because I was that passionate about that race. We ultimately came up short on in that race, but Representative Vialba has gone on record as saying that he would not refile any legislation because he is, quote, not on a suicide mission. So we have certainly put him through the ringer politically. And um, and so uh, we are we are very we are sitting in a very good spot politically um, coming going into this session. We have a lot of support from the legislators. Unfortunately, we do. We are. Um, looking at quite a few bills that have already been pre-filed and uh, Representative Sarah Davis has definitely revealed herself as our public enemy number one um, with the legislation she is proposing um, this go around. Kate, can you tell us more about that? Yes, I can. So, uh, so far seven bills have been pre-filed. There's one more that we know that's coming. But uh, the ones that Representative uh, Davis, uh, she's out of Houston, is is proposing, one would be for children to be able to consent to their own Gardasil vaccinations. Um, Another one would be to to mandate um, an online education module in order to exercise the religious and conscientious exemption. And... um, Another one, she just wants to replace the words conscientious and religious in the code to just be non-medical. And this seems like, you know, not a big deal, but it really is a stepping stone bill, you know, for the next session. It would be very easy to come out and say, look, this doesn't have anything to do with deeply held beliefs or this doesn't have anything to do with religion. These are just parents being non-medical. And so um, that one bill about the just the change of language in the code is is quite problematic. It really is. Okay. Any other uh, you know hurdles that you see uh, coming up for for you and your organization? Well, there's also um, Representative Howard out of Austin. She is has filed a bill to um, to make physician counseling required. Again, in order to exercise the religious and conscientious exemption. Our biggest hurdle um, right now, our main support in Austin is, is are with the Republicans. Um, and I, I, we haven't quite figured that out why, because um, you know, this vaccine choice rights should be a human right, not a political right, one or a political belief one way or another, as I'm sure Polly can tell you that Vaccine injury knows no race, it knows no party, it knows no religion, and um, 
so it's it's been hard. It's honestly been very hard to uh, to communicate our message effectively to to the Democrats in Austin. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. Uh, and we are going to take a break. And when we come back, I want to talk more about the uh, movie and have uh, some more questions uh, for Dr. Wakefield. So thank you for joining us again today, and we'll see you shortly. Listening to Canino Wellness Radio. To reach our show today, call into 1 866 472 5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Ganino Radio at gmail.com. Now, back to Ganino Wellness Radio. 
Welcome back, everybody, to the uh, final segment of uh, Ganino Wellness Radio on voiceamerica.com today. Uh, I hope you're enjoying the Christmas music that you're listening to during the break. That's our daughter, Allie. And uh, I asked her, uh, how do we access your music? And she said, you can find those uh, tunes on iTunes. So we encourage you to go there. I hope, you, hope you're enjoying that. So uh, before we went to break, uh, we were talking uh, to Rebecca. And I wanted to ask Rebecca, tell us about your uh, membership. Who are these people and, um, and uh, how do they get involved? Yes, I'd love to. So we have, um, we have several thousand members of um, all, all ages. We have grandmas to first-time new moms. Um, we have all races, all religions, like I mentioned earlier, all political parties. Um, and we are nearing uh, 10,000 followers on our, on our Facebook page. I would love for everybody to go and like and follow our Facebook page. It's just Texans for Vaccine Choice. Um, as well as our website is www.texansforvaccinechoice.com. If you sli- if you uh, go to texansforvaccinechoice.com slash join, that will direct you to our membership form. And that is where you will uh, be registered for our email list. Both our Facebook page and our email list are, are going to be our main sources of action alerts come this session, whether it's an action alert for a bill that we adamantly oppose or a, an action alert for a bill that we support, we are going to need as many individuals as possible engaging in Austin, whether that's phone calls, emails, fax, or, you know, for those in Austin that where it's easier to show up, um, we, would, we would need boots on the ground, physical bodies in Austin as well. And it'll, so all the all the dates will be on there for when yes, uh, sessions have, meet. And- yes, we are session kicks off on January tenth. We um, are having monthly lobbying days. Um, already, we will schedule monthly lobbying days in Austin where people can show up. You will be given information and assigned some offices, and you can go actively. Um, talk about vaccine choice with the legislative offices. And we are also having a rally at the end of March. So stay tuned to both our email list and our Facebook page for more details on all of these events. Okay. And again, as as a practicing (laughs) physician and, you know, I have parents that want to opt out of vaccination when, if they, you know, want to use your, your, forms that you have is that something they can take care of through the website or they need to personally speak with somebody there or are you are you referring to exempting for their exempting from exempting from vaccination yes okay so that is a that that process goes through the department of state health services website however we do have a if you go to texans for vaccine choice.com slash exemptions it is an FA, it's a frequently asked questions page that kind of helps guide parents through all the ins and outs on exemptions in the state of Texas. Um, okay. It's to request the exemption waiver, you do have to request it through the Department of State Health Services right now. One of the bills we are proposing would remove that process where, you know, we were proposing that parents would be able to just print a blank form from the the Department of State Health Services website instead of having to go through the rigmarole of, of requesting that pre-filled, you know, embossed form that comes in the mail. So, um, okay. 
But that does, and if that that frequently asked questions page does not answer somebody's question, they can certainly click the contact us button on our website and email us, and we are happy to answer any questions. Okay, thank you, Rebecca. So, Dr. Wakefield, you wanted to make a comment, I think, about you know these vaccine laws, and I think you made a comment about you know there's just not enough data to be able to really support it. Well, I think there are two things I want to say. First is in support of Texans for Vaccine Choice. Um, two things we've learned on the road is when you get in touch with your representative or your senator, the state level, you write to them personally. And we were told this by a senator in uh, Minneapolis. He said, when I get a cyclist-styled letter, everybody signing the same printed-out letter, we throw them in the trash. He said, when I get eight letters that are written by individuals telling their own stories and their own reasons why they don't, want to go down the mandatory vaccination, then I know I have to do something. That is absolutely essential. And the second thing is join up, help these uh, parents from Texans for Vaccine Choice to do their job. Join in and do not complain if mandatory vaccination laws are passed in Texas and you have not contributed to the process. You have not stood in the way of that as they have done, haven't done in, many people haven't done in California. It's no good standing by and then complaining afterwards once your freedoms have been, have been eroded. You have a duty now to stand up for them. And this goes for all states. There's amazing organizations like Texas for Vaccine Choice in every single state. Find them, join up with them, and it's absolutely right. The other thing to yeah. say on the, on the previous point is that um, the plank of these vaccine laws is that the vaccines are safe and effective. And now, now we have clear, unambiguous evidence from just one vaccine, MMR, that we have a federal admission of fraud from the CDC in respect of MMR vaccine safety. And we have a corporate admission of fraud from Merck in respect of the efficacy of their MMR vaccine. They are currently in federal court in Pennsylvania fighting that action. So in just, in just one vaccine, not safe, not effective. That's what the science shows. And therefore, to pass these or attempt to pass these bills in the face of those admissions of fraud is unconscionable. That's great. Um, Paula, you were mentioning that, um, you know, you've you've seen a lot of oppression, not only of these, uh, you know, these poor people that are vaccine injured, but also the parents that are trying to fight for them. You've seen their their parental rights, you know, just, uh, you know, taken away from them. Can you expand on that some? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's really, really important this. It's, yes, no more mandatory vaccines. Agreed with that. And this informed consent thing, this is the biggest lie ever told. I was told that if my son didn't have the MMR, he would become deaf or he may die. I have never in my time met a child that died of measles, but I have met numerous children that have died from the vaccine. I have met numerous parents um, whose children have died from the DTAP or the DPT. It's it's death from vaccine is what we are seeing, not death from the disease. Um, and the, the level of bullying that we as parents get or the children get, so do not take away the parental rights. That would be just barbaric because these poor children are being told by medical professions they will get cancer or they will be paralyzed or they will never walk or talk again if they don't have this vaccine and the parents don't know because they haven't got medical degrees and those children believe because they're vulnerable young minds and this for me is one of the most dangerous things uh, is, is we must have proper informed consent get out the inserts from the vials get them out and go through every single thing with the parents Okay, very good. Polly, um, if if our listeners are wanting to see the movie Vaxxed, 
how where do they go to get information on where the movie's playing when and etc go to vaxxed.com and on there you will find everywhere the bus is going to be everywhere the film is going to be playing um, all the stories that we've told have been told to us is on a map it's easy to follow sign up it's very important you sign up because we will tell you where we're going to be. And if there is some kind of national we need to get together and do this, that is going to be our main form and probably only form of communication. And you can also stream the movie if you go on to Vax. Vax.com. Yeah, go on to Vax.com. You can stream the movie there, three ninety nine. dollars uh, You can buy the DVD. You can get it on the website or you can get it from Amazon. It was the number one documentary on Amazon and number two movie behind walking dead i'm not sure that that's a compliment but there we are <laughs> and um so yeah there are many ways in which you can get this movie now uh please 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 watch it and make sure that those people also watch it who have considered you to be flat earthers to consider you to be anti-science anti-vaccine people who mocked you and betrayed you so please get them to see it as well and if you have absolutely no money if you go to um uh we are vaxxed on Facebook and say, I have no money, I need to watch this film. There will be an amazing parent out there that will send you a copy. We are all helping and sending out. People are ordering in their droves to send out to their doctors and their friends. So you will get a copy. You just ask for help. That's great. And we'll certainly promote it in-house here. You know, we have a, a large uh, IV suite where, you know, we see about uh, 50 to 60 people have IV therapy in our office daily and we'd be able to uh, promote it there. And, uh, you know, we'll continue uh, to stay in touch with you guys and anything that you're putting out. We'll, you know, we're backing you all the way and, and we're going to support, uh, you know, all the way to the end, certainly. Um, so, Dr. Wakefield, I was, Linda and I were in Austin on December the 9th for, a, they call it the sunset session, where every so often the legislators allow uh, people like us to come and, and speak their minds with issues they have, maybe with the Texas State Board and the way they've been pushed around if they believe in natural medicine and natural cures and such. And it was, it was really a pretty good session. We felt like we were real, well received there, but um, our, our fearless leader, uh, uh, Sheila, had mentioned to us, said, I'm pretty sure Dr. Wakefield um, had a meeting with President-elect Trump. And so um, if you're willing to share uh, that, we'd uh, like to just start with, you know, how, who reached out to who and uh, how, did that, how did that connection happen? Well, it was, you know, it was really through a, a chiropractor, Dr. Gary Compothecus from Florida, who got us into the room with Donald Trump and uh, a few other donors in advance of the Kissimmee rally. Um, and uh, there are about 10 of us around the table. Uh, we had our photographs taken. Most people were there to really rub shoulders with someone that they'd supported. Uh, four of us were there with an issue to represent, and that is vaccines and autism. He. Um, was very, very receptive, very, very interested, says, I know it happens, I see it myself. He said pretty much what he said in the candidacy debate when confronted with the question, do vaccines cause autism? There was also, there were several other people in the room who had vaccine injured children and one father of an 18 day old child. And they, so it was, became the topic of conversation because it was so um, relevant to, to that, that group of people. Um, I'm very hopeful. I'm very hopeful. I'm far more hopeful than I would have been uh, with the alternative. Um, 
where I believe mandatory vaccination from cradle to grave would have been on the cards at a federal level within two or three years. So um, I think we're going to get a much better reception uh, with the current um, the current executive branch of the government. And um, we wait to see. That doesn't mean we don't hold the feet of our politicians to the fire. We have to continue to do that. And it's up to us to advise them and cajole them and encourage them. Okay, very good. Um, are you able to comment on the, the role of uh, MTHFR mutations in, in uh, autism uh, incidents? We've gone from the general to the very specific. I, um, <laughs> the precise details, I don't know. This is something that was looked at, uh, been, been looked at for many years now. The methylene tetrahydrofolate reductase, an enzyme re- involved in detoxification, um, which is influenced by genetics and epigenetics. And uh, it really is a measure of your ability to handle a toxic load um, in the broadest sense. Um, Something very important to say, and that is people talk about gene defects and that this particular pattern of genes in children represents a defect. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. It's a genetic difference. Nature conserves genes for a very good reason. Please do not buy into the notion that you or your children have some genetic defect. You don't. What's happened is that the environment that we're exposed to has changed. It's become far more toxic and we're given far too many vaccines far too early. And that exceeds our ability or the ability of many people to detoxify. And that does not mean you have a genetic defect, but nonetheless, one of those genes seems to be MTHFR. And uh, what we, the hope is that if this change, this difference that puts you at a greater risk of an adverse reaction to a vaccine because of your genetic makeup can be proven and demonstrated, it can be put into the clause of medical exemptions to vaccination and therefore protect children from damage. So uh, a lot of a lot more work to be done. And of course, if the um, CDC hadn't committed fraud over 10 years ago, then we'd have so many of these answers now because Congress would have put in the billions of dollars necessary to answer the questions. We do not have those answers because of their fraud. And that compounds what is a terrible crime. Yeah, we, we have a number of children in the autism spectrum, and we uh, we do a 24-hour urine collection for heavy metals. And every single one of them, 100% of these children have multiple uh, heavy metals. And uh, I think it's, yeah, I do think it's, <clears throat> you know, obviously the exposure, but also their, their inability to clear. And we'll often give them chelation therapy to, you know, get rid of these uh, toxins and we'll, we'll see them improve clinically, you know, between 40 to 70%. And a lot of them, you know, when we first see them have elevated liver enzymes. And when we clear their, their toxins with the chelation IV, their, their liver enzymes normalize. So, you know, that's, that's kind of encouraging. Um, any particular cases that you want to share before we close? No, I think I would concur with Polly that really the cases that are new to me and have been the most compelling, the most shocking, are the deaths from vaccines that we've seen on the road. Um, as there is no clinic for dead children, I don't mean to sound facetious, but you don't sure. have groups of parents discussing gluten casein free diets for yeah. children who've died. Parents are left to mourn, to grieve, and and we've. I remember some. Well, Two parents came up to Polly and said, we haven't discussed this for 20 years. And so what the bus did, what Polly did was uh, provide them with a, 
a, a mechanism by which they could their grief could flow and 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 it was it was compelling um, and there were so many it was, it was astonishing I, and very I would, tragic. I'd like to say to anybody listening that if you want to go on this journey with us download the Periscope app and go to Team Vax and you will go live with us as we hear these stories around the country. Um, it's a massive support group on there, wonderful people. But if you want to learn, if you're not sure, if you're that skeptic and you can't come on the bus with me, then get on, on uh, Team Vax and listen to the stories yourself because it really only takes a couple of stories before you will change your mind. Uh, Lynn and I would like to thank all of our guests today. Uh, for being with us, uh, Rebecca Hardy, Polly Tommy, Dr. Andrew Wakefield. Again, thank you all. Thank you for being the leaders and taking the stand that you do. And, and you definitely inspire Linda and I and, and hopefully many others uh, like us to uh, join join your team and uh, strengthen numbers. So God's blessings to all of you all and uh, happy holidays. And again, thank you for being with us. Thank you all so much. Thank we really please. appreciate you all. Thank you thank so you. much. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to Ganino Wellness Radio. Please join your hosts, Dr. John and Linda Ganino, again next Friday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For an appointment with Dr. John Ganino at his practice in Heath, Texas, please call 469-402-2800. Enjoy your upcoming weekend.